Welcome to Abergavenny Baptist Church. Life, faith, together. Great, well the Bible reading is from Matthew chapter 25 and verse 31 to 46. When the Son of Man comes in his glory and all the angels with him, he will sit on his glorious throne. All the nations will be gathered before him. And he will separate the people one from another as a shepherd separates the sheep from the goats. He will put the sheep on his right and the goats on his left. Then the king will say to those on his right, Come, you who are blessed by by my father, take your inheritance, the kingdom prepared for you since the creation of the world. For I was hungry, and you gave me something to eat. I was thirsty. And you gave me something to drink. I was a stranger and you invited me in. I needed clothes and you clothed me. I was sick and you looked after me. I was in prison and you came to visit me. Then the righteous will answer him, Lord, when did we see you hungry and feed you or thirsty and give you something to drink? When did we see you a stranger and invite you in or needing clothes and clothe you? When did we see you sick or in prison and go to visit you? The king will reply, Truly I tell you, whatever you did for one of the least of these brothers and sisters of mine, you did for me. Then I will say to those on his left, Depart from me, you who are cursed, into the eternal fire prepared for the devil and his angels. For I was hungry and you gave me nothing to eat. I was thirsty, and you gave me nothing to drink. I was a stranger, and you did not invite me in. I needed clothes, and you did not clothe me. I was sick and in prison, and you did not look after me. They will answer, Lord, when did we see you hungry or thirsty or a stranger or needing clothes or sick or in prison and did not help you? He will reply, truly I tell you, Whatever you did not do for one of the least of these, you did not do for me. Then they will go away to eternal punishment, but the righteous to eternal life. Well, in Matthew chapter 25 and verses 31 to 46, Jesus gives us this picture, or at least he gives his disciples this picture of of judgment day and then in verse 32 we read all the nations will be gathered before him that there will be a judgment day and all people will have to give an account to Jesus and then he tells this parable about a shepherd who is separating the the, the sheep from the goats and it would have been a very familiar picture for Jesus' disciples, because in those days, the sheep and the goats would all graze in the same field. But then at the evening time, the shepherd would separate the sheep from the goats because the goats, being less hardy, needed to keep warm in a shelter. And just as a shepherd would separate the sheep and the goats, so will all people be separated into two groups. Those on the right, the place of honor, and those on the left. 
And Jesus will say to, to those on the right, he will invite those on the right. He will say to them, as he does in verse 34, Come, you who are blessed by my Father, take your inheritance, the kingdom prepared for you since the creation of the world. In other words, he's in, inviting them to come and enjoy eternal life with him in his kingdom that has now been fully established on earth. But to those on the left, he will turn his back on them. And, and, and we read in verse 40, he says, Depart from me, you who are cursed, into the eternal fire prepared for the devil and his angels. And that's an image of, of eternal death. Now we need to Bear in mind who Jesus is speaking to over here. He, he's, not, uh, he's not speaking to, to foreigners, to, to outsiders. He's, he's talking to his disciples. And, and his disciples would have been very familiar uh, with the idea of judgment and, and people being separated into two groups, the righteous, which they would have assumed would have been the Jews, and the wicked, which they would have assumed would have been the non-Jews, the foreigners. This was all very familiar to them. But what was surprising, shocking in fact, is the criteria of judgment. The, the criteria of judgment was solely based upon one's relationship to Jesus. And Jesus says in verses 35 to 36, for I was hungry, and you gave me something to eat. I was thirsty, and you gave me something to drink. I was a stranger, and you invited me in. I needed clothes, and you clothed me. I was sick, and you looked after me. I was in prison, and you came to visit me. The, the, the whole basis of judgment is is. All about how you respond to Jesus and treat Jesus. And so they, they, they all very shocked and, and surprised because they, they can't ever remember seeing Jesus in need and not helping him. And, and so they reply in, in verses 37 all the way to 39, Lord, when did we see you hungry and feed you? All thirsty and give you something to drink. Drink. When did we see you, a stranger, and invite you in? Or needing clothes and clothe you? When did we see you sick or in prison and go to visit you? The implication, of course, is if they had ever seen Jesus in need, of course they would have helped Jesus, but they would never seen Jesus sitting on the street corner. And so they're surprised. And they're shocked by what Jesus is saying because both those on the right and those on the left were taking Jesus a little too literally when he said, I was hungry, I was thirsty, I was naked. And so Jesus says in verse 40, I tell you the truth. Whatever you did for one of the least of these brothers and sisters of mine, you did for me. 
And so what we discover over here is that Jesus completely identifies with the least of these brothers and sisters of mine. So the question, of course, well, who, who are the least of these brothers and sisters of mine? Who is Jesus referring to? Now, within the Gospel of Matthew, the phrase brothers and sisters, or the phrase the least of these, or little ones, always refers to Jesus' disciples. This is referring to the followers of Jesus. You see, the way we, we treat followers of Jesus is the way we treat Jesus. And so, if we welcome and receive a follower of Jesus, we are welcoming and receiving Jesus. But if we reject and if we persecute a follower of Jesus, we, we rejecting and persecuting Jesus. Because Jesus totally identifies with his followers. And this becomes the criteria of judgment. However, within this passage, it also becomes absolutely clear that Jesus is focusing on the poor and the needy. The poor and the needy within the, their community. The hungry. The thirsty. The stranger. The naked the sick, and those in prison. And of, of course, this is not a comprehensive list. This is just highlighting the basic human needs. And Jesus, we see over here, has a very special and unique identification with the poor and the needy. And we need to bear in mind, of course, that Jesus is speaking to his disciples. And even the original readers of the Gospel of Matthew would have been faithful Christian followers, Jesus' followers. And so what Jesus is effectively saying, he's saying to the church, if you want to demonstrate your love for me, then you need to take care of those in need, especially within your community. You see, being a follower of Jesus is, is all about our relationship with Jesus. It's all about trusting Jesus, putting your faith in Jesus, following Jesus, and loving Jesus. And if you put your faith in Jesus, and if Jesus is the Lord of your life, then you need to live like Jesus. And so the question comes, well, how did Jesus live? Well, Jesus came and he identified with the poor and the needy. While he was on earth, he spent most of his time with the sick, the lonely, the marginalized, and the outcasts. And if we want to live like Jesus, we need to do the same. You see, it's very easy to say, say you love Jesus. It's very easy to say that, but it's another thing entirely to demonstrate that you love Jesus. That the guys on the left would have said, but Jesus we love you. Uh, the, the problem is you're not here. You, you're in heaven. If you had been here, we would have fed you. We would have clothed you. We would have given you something to drink. You name it, we would have done it for you. To which Jesus replies, I am here. Every time you walk past one of the least of these brothers and sisters of mine, 
you walked past me. And it's very easy to call Jesus Lord. Very easy to say Jesus is Lord. Take note that both the guys on the right in verse 37 and the guys on the left in verse 44, they both call Jesus Lord. Very easy to call Jesus Lord. Very easy to have correct theology, to believe all the right things, to sing all the right songs. That's easy. It's another matter altogether to demonstrate that by the way you live. The way we demonstrate that Jesus is Lord is by living like Jesus, by having the same priorities as Jesus, by identifying with the poor and the needy and the marginalized within our community. Jesus says in Matthew chapter 7 and verses 21 to 23, Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but only he who does the will of my Father who is in heaven. Many will say to me on that day, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name and in your name drive out demons and perform many miracles? Then I will tell them plainly, I never knew you. Away from me, you evildoers. You see, if we know Jesus, if we know him personally, we will have a heart for the poor and the needy. Now, the encouraging thing is that in order to make Jesus Lord of your life, you don't have to be some super spiritual guru. You, you don't have to be, a, be prophesying. You don't have to be casting out demons. You don't have to be performing miracles. No. All you need to do is small acts of kindness to people in need. Give food to the hungry, water to the thirsty, clothes to the naked. Now, of course, the, the needs of the world are overwhelming, and we're not going to be able to help everyone, but we will be able to help someone. You remember the story of the starfish? Uh, the kids came up uh, last Sunday and they told us the story about the starfish. There, there was this beach and, and all these, there were loads and loads and loads of starfish that have all been washed ashore. And there's this little kid, he's picking up a starfish and it's, he's throwing the starfish back into the sea. He's picking them up one by one and he's throwing the starfish back into the sea. And, and there's this guy who comes up to the kid and says, what are you doing? You'll never be able to save them all. Look, there's too many. You can't possibly make a difference. The little kid bends down, picks up another starfish, throws it into the sea, turns around and says to the man, well, I made a difference to that one. We can't help everyone but we can help someone. And that's why we as a church, we support a whole uh, various charities on each month. Where we support BMS and Christian Aid and Prime, Seven Corners, Send a Cow, Link to Hope and Spurgeon's Child. 
We support these charities in their work of demonstrating God's love by bringing aid to those in need all over the world. And that's why we as a church have taken on the, the running and the oversight of the food bank here in Abergavenny. Because we're passionate about helping those who are facing a crisis within our community. We are passionate about giving food to the hungry. And therefore, I, will, I would encourage you to prayerfully consider financially supporting the food bank or, or any other of these ministry uh, charities or any of these any other worthy charity. And also, I would encourage you to prayerfully consider supporting the vision of our church as we continue to grow and expand and as we continue to support one another, especially the least of these within our community. Within Matthew chapter 25 and verses 31 to 46, Jesus is effectively saying to his disciples, I'm coming back. I'm coming back. And when I come back, I'm going to test you. I'm going to test you to see if you truly love me. And the test is a simple one, but it's a very uncomfortable test. The test is, how are you treating the poor? And Jesus is effectively saying that to us today. How are you treating the poor? How are you treating Jesus? Now, don't think, oh, I better start being a little kinder to the poor or, or else I might get judged. You know, I better start being a little bit more generous or, or I might not get into heaven. Or, or if only I go and visit someone in prison or I help some little old lady with a basket of food, uh, uh, th th then I'll be doing it for Jesus and, and then I'll be able to go to heaven. No. If you're thinking that, you are totally missing the point of this parable. The point of this parable is that tr the true followers of Jesus, the sheep, <laughs> do what they do unselfconsciously. Remember, they're surprised by what Jesus said. They're like, when? When, when did we see you in need and, and, and help you? When, when was that? They, they, they do it completely unselfconsciously. They, they, they're not doing it in order to score brownie points to get into heaven. That they're doing it unselfconsciously because they are already sheep. And they're simply doing what sheep do. This is what sheep do. And, and, and followers of Jesus love, practically love the poor and the needy. That's just what they do. You see, if you've come truly come to experience the, and, and know the, the forgiveness of Jesus and experience the, 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 that transforming love of Jesus, it, it transforms you. It, it changes you. And, and you start loving others. You, you especially start loving the least of these brothers and sisters of Jesus. Do you know Jesus? I mean, I mean, do you know Jesus personally? Have you experienced this 
life-transforming love of Jesus? Do you want to know how you can know the answer to that question? Look at how you treat the poor and the needy and the marginalized and the outcast and the foreigners. Because that's how you're treating Jesus. William Barclay, in his little commentary on this passage, he, he tells two moving stories. The first one is about Francis of Assisi. He was a very wealthy, high-born man, but he felt really unhappy. He felt life was incomplete. One day he went out, he was riding on his horse, and as he was riding along, he came across a leper who was loathsome and repulsive in the ugliness of his disease. But something prompted him to dismount and fling his arms around this leper and give him a hug. And he says, while he was hugging this leper, he looked at the leper's face. And the leper's face turned into the face of Jesus. The other story is about Martin of Tours, who was a, a Roman soldier and, and a Christian. One cold winter's day, as he rode into a city, there was a beggar on the side of the street begging for some money. He didn't have any money. But noticing that the, the beggar was cold and blue and shivering, he gave him what he had. He took off his old cloak, worn as it was, and cut it in half and gave half his cloak to the beggar. That night, he he had a dream. And in his dream, he saw the courts of heaven with, with all the angels there and Jesus among them. And Jesus was wearing an old, half-torn Roman soldier's cloak. And he heard one of the angels saying to Jesus, Why are you wearing that old, battered cloak? Who gave it to you? And Jesus softly replied, my servant Martin gave it to me. How are you treating the poor? How are you treating Jesus? Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for a very timely reminder. So easy to get so caught up in our little world and we become so greedy and self-absorbed without even realizing. Father, we pray that by your Holy Spirit you would soften our hearts, that you would pour your love into our hearts, that you would open our eyes to the, the needs all around us, that you would help us to become more generous, that we would have more compassion, that we would be more welcoming of the stranger and the foreigner and the alien that we will be more loving towards the poor and the needy and those who are in desperate need. But Father, for that to happen, we realize it will only happen if we have a real encounter with your love, 
won't you pour your transforming love into us afresh and change us so that we would become a sheep and that we would simply do what sheep do, that we would love others, especially the least of these brothers and sisters of yours. We ask this all in the name of Jesus. Amen. Thank you for listening to our podcast. For more information about Abergavenny Baptist Church, please visit our website at abergavennybaptist.co.uk.